I want to jump right into Matthew 11, verse 6, and, uh, and talk about the one thing that we must not do, that we should not do in the meantime moments of life. Uh, it's from 11, uh, Matthew 11, verse 6. It says this, Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Uh, that word offended is a little bit tricky to translate. Um, it's a word that means stumble. So blessed is the one who does not stumble or, or trip. Uh, over me and the things that I do or the things that I say, Jesus is, is saying. Uh, blessed is the one who does not fall away, right, on account of me, another translation will say. Uh, so blessed is the one who does not reject me because of what, from your perspective, I'm not doing or not saying. Uh, that's what Jesus says. So, so Jesus says that, that we must not and we should not be offended or stumble or fall away or reject him in the meantime moments of life. That's what he says. We're gonna spend quite a bit of time here um, thinking about why he says that and, and how uh, we might actually live up to that as we, as we walk along. We're gonna talk about the story of John the Baptist today. Uh, so, so we're gonna jump backwards uh, to Matthew chapter four. And I wanna read just two verses in Matthew chapter four that, that kind of help us to tell the story of John the Baptist. Um, John the Baptist, his story is, is fascinating. Uh, he's the one that Jesus is speaking to there in Matthew 11, verse six. Um, and John the Baptist is living an incredible in the meantime moment of life. Um, his story uh, really goes from bad to worse to worser. That's not really a word, but uh, I'm a pastor, so I can make up words as I go, right? Bad to worse to worser. And so we're going to see that, that, that course and, uh, and be wrestling with his in the meantime moment of life. Uh, here it comes uh, from Matthew chapter 4. Uh, this is where it gets bad. It says this, now when he, Jesus, heard that John had been arrested, he, Jesus, withdrew into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, Jesus went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So, so just check this out, right? Uh, John's uh, situation in Matthew chapter four is bad. He is in prison. Um, he's in prison essentially because he was preaching against and directly to King Herod. Uh, King Herod was living in a way that wasn't pleasing to God. Um, and, and in fact, he was living, it's confusing and complex, so I'm, I'm not going to give the details of that story. But um, he, he is, is living in a way that's probably not even culturally or socially acceptable. And so King Herod goes out to see John, and, um, and, and nobody would really say anything to King Herod, because he's King Herod, right? And King Herod would abuse his power and probably throw you in prison. But John the Baptist is a bold man, and he is not afraid of King Herod. And so when King Herod goes out to see him, he says, hey, Herod, you are not living in a way that is pleasing to God. And, and, and in fact, you're not even living in a way that's, that's probably culturally and socially acceptable. And King Herod does pretty much what everybody thought he would do, and he abuses his power, and he throws John the Baptist in prison. There's two things that we need to know about prison in first century. Um, this prison is probably uh, either on, on the, uh, the, the grounds of King Herod's palace, um, or it's maybe even the basement to King Herod's palace. So, so it's very close to King Herod's palace. And um, it, it's probably more, don't think like prison cell, you know, like bed and, uh, you know, bars. This is a cave, 
right? A prison in first century is basically a cave. And, and, and there's two things that we need to know about it. First of all, you're basically in isolation. Um, the only way that you get visitors is if you are immensely popular and, and immensely loved, which John the Baptist was, so he probably had visitors. But still, he is basically, for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, left alone to his thoughts and his feelings. And all of a sudden, John the Baptist's uh, story is very relatable, right, to us. We can connect uh, to his story because of where we're at in this unique in the meantime moment of life. Um, the, the other thing that we need to see is that um, really John the Baptist um, in the meantime moment being in prison is an open-ended thing. Um, it, it's not like uh, today where maybe you get arrested and then put in prison and there's a, a court date waiting for you to determine if you are guilty or not guilty. Um, in this case, um, you're pretty much in prison unless uh, somebody comes and busts you out or um, you die. So, so just see this, right? John the Baptist is living this sort of open-ended in the meantime moment. There's no clear date for it to end. Um, the, the only way that he gets out of prison is probably through his death. Uh, people die in prison from starvation. They die in prison from, uh, from, from, from disease or sickness, right? Because nobody's going to, they're not going to send a doctor to you. Um, or um, uh, they, they just need the prison cell space. And so they choose your prison cell space that day. And that means they put you to death so they can have your prison cell. So, so John the Baptist is in prison. And, and that's kind of an open-ended in the meantime moment of life. John's situation in Matthew chapter 4 is bad, but, but interestingly, when, it, when we see what Jesus does, um, it gets worse, <laughs> which is a little bit strange or unique to us. We are used to Jesus kind of coming and making things better, right? So, so the fact that Jesus would do something to make the situation worse is a little bit eye-opening or a little bit strange. Just, just see this. Um, uh, now when he, Jesus, heard that John had been arrested, what does he do? He withdraws into Galilee, into the beachfront town of Capernaum. So, so just see this. Um, John the Baptist uh, gets taken south, right, to King Herod's palace. He's doing his baptism work right here on the Jordan River, okay? And, um, and, and, and Herod grabs him and throws him in jail. Um, in his palace. Jesus comes out of the wilderness after being tempted by Satan. And what does he do when he hears that John the Baptist has been put in prison? He withdraws north 130 miles to Galilee, to Capernaum, right? To the beachfront town of Capernaum. So, so John the Baptist uh, gets put in prison. Jesus goes to the beach. Uh, this is, um, if we're honest, right? This is sort of sometimes how it feels. Uh, we can relate to how John the Baptist might feel in this in the meantime moment. Um, it feels like Jesus is distant or withdrawing from us when we're in these uh, moments of frustration and pain and uncertainty. And, and all of a sudden, uh, these in the meantime moments are filled with questions for Jesus. We begin to say, hey, do you care and actually love me? Um, well, why aren't you doing anything about this? Do you actually see and hear my prayers to you? So John the Baptist's situation goes from bad 
to worse. And then uh, in Matthew chapter 11, when we fast forward to that chapter and, and what we read earlier, um, like I said, his situation, I'd like to say gets better, but, but I'd say it actually gets worser. <laughs> Again, not a word, but we're just trying to emphasize um, the, the impact of what's happening. Matthew 11 is about a year to a year and a half later. And, and what has happened is those questions that John the Baptist had have now turned into doubts. And so rather than questioning, he's saying, I doubt that you love me or care. I doubt that you are doing anything about it. I doubt that you hear me or see my situation. And, and, and I just draw that out because um, it, it emphasizes the power of these in the meantime moments. Uh, just look at this. John the Baptist sends his doubt-filled question to Jesus. He says, are you the one who is to come, or should we look for somebody else? That question is shocking to me and, and, and probably to uh, several of us. When Jesus came to be baptized, right, John the Baptist said, no, 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 I need to be baptized by you. Uh, when Jesus came to be baptized, uh, John pointed to him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, when Jesus came to be baptized, John said, I'm not even fit to good enough to, to untie your shoes. When Jesus got baptized, the heavens opened up and, and, and the, the voice of the heavenly father spoke and a bird came down and landed on Jesus. I mean, John the Baptist should be firmly convinced and, and convicted of who Jesus is. But, but in the meantime, moments have this way of, of messing with our hearts and with our minds and with our faith walk. And all of a sudden, John is filled with questions and his questions become doubts. I doubt that you care. I doubt that you love. I doubt that you are doing anything about this. I, I love Jesus' answer here. Um, it, it, Jesus' answer is, is powerful, but, but uh, here's the part where, in my view, uh, it probably makes it worse for John. <laughs> because what you're going to hear when I read this in just a second is, is Jesus is going to rattle off all these miracles that he's doing, right? So, so Jesus is, is trying to draw John's attention to the fact that he is powerful, that he's great, that he's good, that he's gracious, right? He's trying to, trying to remind John the Baptist of these things. But, but if I'm John the Baptist, I'm just being honest. If I'm John, what I'm hearing is, hey, Jesus, that's fine, but, but that's what you're doing for everybody else. What are you doing for me? If I'm John the Baptist and I'm just trying to relate and connect with how he might be feeling in the moment, when you hear it, uh, what I might, have you ever had one of those days, right, where, where like uh, there's kind of this dark cloud over you and it seems like everything is going wrong and then somebody comes along and they're like, oh, I've had this great Jesus moment and I've had this great Jesus high. And you're like, hey, that's swell. It's kind of one of those moments, I think, here for John the Baptist where he hears Jesus saying, hey, that's real nice, but what are you doing for me? But, but what, what I really want you to pay attention to here is, is what Jesus says right at the end of his reply to John, because it, it really stands out to me. And, and, and my question is, why does Jesus throw it in there? We read it earlier, way at the beginning of the sermon today. But why does Jesus throw in this, this little piece about this thing that we should not do, that, that we must not do, this little piece about, about how we can be blessed in the meantime? But let me read the full response, and then I'll, I'll kind of pause and draw it out there for you. 
It says this, go and tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Why does Jesus throw that in there? It seems out of place to me. He's talking about his power. He's talking about all these miracles. And then all of a sudden he throws in this little thing at the end. Blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Why does he do that? What is he trying to draw out? And here's how I actually hear it. I think what he's doing is he's saying, blessed is the one, John, who's not offended by me. And if I'm honest, what I hear him saying is, blessed is the one, Dave, who's not offended by me who doesn't stumble and trip over what I do and say in the meantime. Blessed is the one, Dave, who, who doesn't reject me because of what I'm not doing or not saying from your perspective in the meantime. See, I believe that Jesus uh, throws this in there and says this because, because he knows that what he does or says in the meantime might cause us to be offended. Um, what he doesn't do or say might cause us to stumble in our faith walk. I, I believe Jesus throws this in there at the end because Satan, Satan uses these in the meantime moments to, to encourage our hearts and our minds to reject Jesus. Uh, Jesus knows that we are, when we are in the meantime, right? Um, and it seems like Jesus is inactive. And it seems like he doesn't hear. And it seems like he doesn't care that we are in great danger of being offended or stumbling or falling away or rejecting. Um, we're, we're in great danger in the meantime of saying, he doesn't love me anymore. And Jesus, in his grace, warns us ahead of time of this one thing that, that we must not do and we should not do because it's just not true. We know it at that practical level, right? The, the kids chat earlier was, I think, a perfect illustration of this, right? We know that when parents say no, um, that, that it's not because they're, you know, just they hate us. It's not because they're angry at us. It, it, it's just what parents do sometimes. Parents say no. It doesn't mean that they don't love us anymore. In fact, they might be saying no because they love us. See, we know that Jesus loves John. Uh, in just a couple of verses, right after this moment, uh, Jesus tells us that John the Baptist is the greatest man that has ever been born of women, right, uh, of a woman. That, that means that uh, Jesus has a very high opinion of John the Baptist. Um, he's also going to say that, that John the Baptist is the prophet that the prophets prophesied about. Wrap your minds around that, right? He, Jesus says, hey, there were some prophets a long time ago that, that, that promised there would be a voice in the wilderness preparing the way of the Lord. John the Baptist is that prophet. He's the prophet that the prophets prophesied about. We know that Jesus loves John the Baptist. We know that Jesus thinks very highly of John the Baptist. And yet, from John's perspective, Jesus is inactive. And he doesn't hear. But folks, there are plenty of places for us to go to that remind us of God's love. John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You're part of the world. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, God showed his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
right? We, we know that we are loved children of God. And so Jesus, in his grace, gives us this warning ahead of time that says, look, I know this is going to be a temptation, and I know this is going to be hard. So, so make sure that you do not stumble, that you're not offended, that you're not rejected by what I say and, and don't say, by what I do and don't do. Blessed is the one, happy is the one, fruitful is the one who is not offended by me, Jesus says. In the meantime, um, let me just kind of share a couple of things in my own life uh, as, as we kind of wrap up here. Um, a couple of things in my own life that, that have been helpful to me in the meantime moments. Uh, the first thing is uh, not, to uh, not to stay isolated. Don't stay isolated. Make sure that in the meantime, you are spending time with God. Um, when you open up God's word, you're going to see that there are lots of people that have in the meantime moments. I mean, lots of them. <laughs> I mean, the Bible is filled with people who have these in the meantime moments. And it's so powerful to just go and see like, okay, I'm not alone. And then you can see what God does with those in the meantime moments. Um, you can also, when you open up God's word and you spend time with God, you can be reassured of his love. And you can be reassured that he is great and glorious and good and gracious. We want to make sure that we're spending time with God. That's going to help us in the meantime moments. Um, the other thing that we want to do is make sure that we're spending time with others. You know, right now, that time might have to be virtual, right? It'll have to be a virtual time. But, but it's so important to spend time with others uh, so that they can remind us of these things as well. Uh, see, this thing happens where, where Jesus um, doesn't march to the palace himself and say, hey, John, let me tell you. No, no. He sends the disciples of John and he says, hey, go and tell John what you see and what you hear. He's sending community to John so that John can see and hear through their eyes and be reminded of a God who is great and glorious and good and gracious and, and how Jesus loves him. And from my experience, if you have both of those, if you're spending time with God and spending time in community, it's going to be so massively helpful to you in the meantime moments. So, so the first thing that, that has been helpful to me in the meantime uh, to help me not stumble and not fall away, not reject, is to, to make sure that I don't stay isolated. Uh, the second thing uh, that's been really helpful to me, and, and this shouldn't be a surprise to you, but, but just think about this. Um, look inside that empty tomb. Make sure that you go to the tomb of Jesus and you look inside of that tomb. I, I love when we're thinking about the stories from Friday to Sunday, right? The disciples don't know it yet, but, but they are very much in the meantime moment, right? On Good Friday, they are in the meantime. They think it's over. They think everything is over. They think the life of Jesus is over. Um, they, they have lost purpose. They have lost hope. They have lost joy. Um, but they're living in the meantime. Uh, we tend to do that sometimes, right? When we're in the meantime, we just think, oh, it's over. This is all over. But, but when we look in the tomb, things begin to change. Uh, on Saturday, they've still lost joy and hope and purpose in the meantime. And then Sunday morning, they run to the tomb. 
because they've heard that the tomb is empty and all of a sudden they're thrust into this in the meantime moment. And Sunday night, Jesus shows up and he shows them his hands and he says, here, look at my side. And he says, peace, peace be to you. The tomb is where in the meantime moments end and new beginnings are created. So we've just got to be a people that are looking inside that empty tomb every single day so we can be assured and remember, right? That in the meantime moments come to an end and there's always a new beginning.